Hello, and welcome back to another edition of YCT Matters. This is Carol Platt-Lebow, the president of Yankee Institute, and today we have a real treat for you. We are joined by Michael Mike Costanza, and he is the de facto leader of a wonderful new group called Constitution State Educators. He's a sixth-grade teacher at North Stonington Elementary School and a former reporter for the day. And this is a, a conversation you are definitely going to want to hear because he is an interesting guy doing very interesting things. Mike, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much, Carol, for having me today. Well, well, you bet. We've had a little chance to talk a bit before this, and I just, I hope you're willing to tell your story to our listeners the way you uh, talked with me about it, because it is fascinating. Talk to me a little bit about your experience and how you have come to start Constitution State Educators. Sure. Well, uh, as you mentioned, I'm a teacher. I've been teaching for 16 years in my hometown of North Stonington, Connecticut. I came to teaching kind of roundabout. I went. I was a journalist for a while before that. And when I first started teaching, I knew that teachers had a right to choose whether to join a union or not. And both of my parents are proud union members. They were both educators. My mother's recently retired as a school social worker. My father taught high school Spanish in Connecticut for more than 30 years. Uh, their fathers, both of my grandfathers were union members. One built submarines and another was an iron worker. So I, I was well-versed in all the good things that unions can do for workers. But I also, growing up and seeing the political climate around me, had a lot of questions and some skepticism about unions as well, especially when it came to education. Right. Because I feel we're there to serve the best interest of our students. So when I, when I first started teaching, I was on the fence about whether to join the union or not, and I was aware of one teacher in my school district. In fact, he was a former teacher of mine from when I was a kid <laughs> who had never joined the union. So I went to ask him about it, and he gave me the encouragement I needed to make the choice not to join as well. And I remember on the first, the first day right after I was hired, the union took us into the school library and media center for their, the spiel that they give to all new hires. And the union president at the time, she used language such that she said, nobody in the history of Western civilization would dare not to join the union. That was kind of the way she she didn't use those exact words, but that was the feel of the presentation. So sort of like a lot of social pressure. Yeah, it was definitely they, they were definitely pushing it hard. But I had already, like I said, already thought about it and had some encouragement from that former teacher of mine. And I decided not to join. And to me. It's important that teachers know they have that choice and to not feel bad about exercising that choice, even if, if statistically speaking, they are in the minority. Right. And for 16 years, I've done all right. I won't hold myself up as a teacher of the year or anything like that, but I've managed to have a satisfying career. And along the way, in the last couple of years, I've been encountering more and more teachers who are questioning membership in the union because at the national and state level, we see the NEA and the AFT pushing politics in the classroom in a way that makes many of us feel uncomfortable. Right. And uh, pushing against choice and freedom and flexibility in education. I don't think that's in the best interest of teachers as workers. I also don't think it's in the best interests of our students. This issue, of course, heated up 
uh, even more in 2018 when the Supreme Court ruled in Janus versus AFSCME um, that requiring public employees, including educators, uh, to pay dues or fees to a union as a condition of employment that uh, violated public sector workers teachers' uh, freedom of speech uh, rights, your First Amendment rights, because it essentially required you to uh, sign on to political speech, subsidized political speech you might disagree with. This really sort of highlighted the fact that you do have a choice about whether or not, you know, my feeling has always been for those people who want to join the union, they should have the right to do it. But for people who don't want to, they likewise should have the right not to do it. And so for people who are listening, mm-hmm. who might be educators or public sector workers of other sorts, the union, however, cannot refuse to represent you even if you choose not to join. Is that correct? That's right. In fact, if, if you'll indulge me, there's a, a, a short list of misconceptions that we are encountering since we formed this group, Constitution State Educators, just in the last several months. The first misconception is the the biggest one of all. You have a right not to join a union. Believe it or not, there are lots of teachers who don't know that. They're not aware of it. It's just such a big assumption that teachers will join a union. It never occurs to them that they don't have to if they don't want to. And that's what in the Janus decision that, that right existed before Janus. Janus just reaffirmed it. But Janus took it a step further, which was that you also can't be compelled to pay any sort of fee or agency fee to the union if you choose not to join. That was the great victory of Janus in 2018. My first 12 years of teaching, I was not a union member, but I still had to pay agency fees to the union, which amounted to about, I think, 80 or 85 percent of yeah. what full dues would have been. Since Janus, you don't have to pay a dime. Uh, The unions have a right legally to exclusive representation. And in return for that right, they are required to represent all members of the bargaining unit, not just all dues-paying members of the union. So the the third misconception is that the the unions won't be there to – that your contract will no longer cover you. You will no longer be protected by your contract if you choose to leave the union. And again, that's incorrect. You're compelled to be a part of the bargaining unit that the union controls. So the contract they negotiate is for for you and everyone. Right. You will your, be protected by yes, your contract your pension, whether or not you are a member of the union. That's correct. Your pension, your medical benefits, uh, you know, your work hours and the, and the annual school schedule calendar, that all still applies 100% to you, union member or not. Now, the fourth misconception is that while the union won't defend me, it won't have to protect me if I encounter some difficulty at work, the union is still legally obligated to represent fairly all members of the bargaining unit, union member or not. And that would include grievances, for example. You know, if you, if you file a grievance, the grievance belongs to the union. It's, it's from the bargaining unit, essentially. It's not just you personally. Uh, unions are free to decide whether um, a teacher's grievance is worthy or not, whether they really want to uh, support it full, th- you know, full throttle or not. But the process of filing a grievance, the union's involvement in that is still the same. Now, the, the last misconception is that you can't look elsewhere for people to protect you. And that's false as well. There are other non-union professional associations, such as the AAE, the Association of American Educators, and also the Christian Educators Association International. 
that teachers are free to join even if they're already in the union. They can join them whether they're in the union, whether they've left the union. I'm an AAE member. These groups will protect you in much the same way that a union is supposed to. They'll, they, you can get liability insurance through these groups for, by the way, far less than what union dues cost. Wow. And that way, if, if the union itself is ignorant of their legal obligation to represent you as a non-member, or if the union is aware of it but simply hostile to it, and let's face it, many of them are, you can join one of these other groups in the neighborhood of $200 a year, and they will represent you. And I'd love to talk more about the benefits of my AAE membership if, if we have time. Sure. So you did this, and you let the union know that you were not going to be joining. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about why you decided to exercise your right to choose, as it were. Sure. Well, when I first started teaching and coming from journalism and just a background of I've always been interested in politics and government and current events, I I felt differently about certain education issues than union leadership typically did. For example, I believe strongly in school choice. Now, we can debate all day long, even supporters of school choice can debate all day long what school choice should look like. Sure. But I believe that choice benefits us all. I believe living in a free market, it, by and large, in all industries, benefits us all. Well, competition forces everyone to be better. Right. And our, you know, our private universities are the envy of the world. We have, you know, when we have competition, I think it makes us all stronger. Uh, that's not to say it's perfect, but it makes us all stronger. And I know that the unions frown upon this idea of, of school choice. Uh, I also think that despite the, what the unions like to say about things like standardized testing and uh, uh, common core curriculum and so forth, they don't really stand for flexibility and backing up teachers on a lot of those issues where we, f we feel like we have, we're having too much forced on us from top down in the classroom. So – I, I did not want to join the union. I was, I was wavering a bit because of the, I was worried about the social repercussions. But ultimately, I just decided not to join. And I've, I've remained firm in that choice since then. Tell me, have other teachers been responsive to what you have been talking with them about? How are, how are things going? Yeah, in the last, last couple of years, a lot of teachers have become more disillusioned with the CEA and the AFT here in Connecticut. And uh, a lot of that grew out of the overreaction, the governor's mandates from COVID. And, but that's just one of many issues. And the more and more we hear from teachers around the state, the more discontent we hear. Because some, some teachers, they may be upset at their, their unions because of the political agenda that's being pushed right. harder than ever yes. on, on even the youngest of children in the classroom in some districts. It's amazing. My district, thankfully, has been pretty good about that. But other districts have been atrocious. Uh, but it's not just the political reasons either. You know, we, we've, we hear plenty of stories about – that have nothing to do with politics, but where a teacher was just let down by their union leadership because perhaps the union leadership was too cozy with the school administration. There's a lot of stories like that out there. Mm -hmm. Other teachers are just upset that their dues keep going up and up, and yet their workload seems to keep going up and up as well. Right. Uh, other teachers who would just appreciate a little more freedom and flexibility in the classroom – and their union is nowhere to be found. So whether it's corruption, ineptitude, a union that seems, just seems lazy or absent, yep. there's a variety of reasons people might 
question union membership, and it's important to know that they have the right to do so and make the decision best for themselves. Right. And I know during COVID, uh, there were a lot of teachers who were upset at the fact that their unions seemed to do nothing but push for more distance learning, which they could see was hurting their students and resulting in real learning loss. Yes, that and the masking issue has really gotten And we see the mental health implications now for Mm -hmm. young people. It's just so heartbreaking. the The unions at the national and state level seem to do their best to keep schools closed as long as possible, whereas we just wanted to get back in the classroom. And that's what I think sometimes so many people don't understand is that there really often is a huge split between the opinions of rank and file teachers and their representation by union leaders. Yes. It's a shame. And you know, the the pressure from, I, I see that even in my own district to some, some extent. When I started teaching, even though I was not a member, uh, I was I, I was able to interact with my union on a pretty easygoing collegial basis. I was even on one of the negotiating committees for the sick bank language in our contract, and I wrote that language for our contract. But since Janice, the tenor has changed. It's clear to see that the local union leaders are under much more pressure from the CEA and the NEA to just you know don't talk at all to non-members. And from time to time, I've seen it locally, but I also hear lots of other teachers around the state talking about it. From time to time, union officers will go from classroom to classroom to speak to non-members with a story that's only half true. You know, saying things like, well, you know, we can't protect you if you're not a dues-paying member. Very misleading, if not outright dishonest, to subtly pressure those people into joining the union. And again, I think a lot of times the local union officials are ignorant of the fact that they do still have an obligation to represent non-members. Sure. Uh, And if they don't want to, I get it. I understand that they might be hostile to that, but they shouldn't be uh, pressuring people to join the union based on half-truths. No. And so you had mentioned these alternative unions that are now being established. So let's talk a little bit more about those. Yeah. um, We we wouldn't call them alternative unions because only the union can be the union. But they're alternative what we'll call professional associations. associations. Right. Right. I'm a member of the AAE, which I believe is the largest such alternative nationally, uh, the Association of American Educators. I joined them uh, I think four years – three or four years ago now. And through my AAE membership, which is $198 a year, I pay like $16.50 a month. As opposed to around the $800 or $1,000 you pay to be right. in the government. My union. district, yeah. I think it would be around 850 a year for yeah. the union membership. For $198 a year, they will provide legal assistance if I ever need it at work. If I'm, you know, if I'm threatened with some disciplinary action or – a suspension or something like that, which hopefully will never be the case. Yeah, God forbid. They'll be there. You know, your union is supposed to still be there as well. Sure. If you're, I should say, as the bargaining unit representatives, they should still be there as well. But if I'd rather go with AE representation, they will find a lawyer local to me in Connecticut, say from New London, for example, who can go with me to any meetings and can advise me through that process, just as a union is supposed to do. They also provide liability insurance and their – by the way, the, the, their dollar amounts and their limits on these benefits are as, as generous or more generous than what I would receive as a member of the CEA. Uh, for example, the liability insurance, it's a $2 million 
personal liability policy. And unlike the unions, that policy is in my name. It'll say – it says – I have it. I have the paper copy of it. You know, it says Michael Costanza right on it. Oh, it's wow. not in the union's name. It's not in the district's name. So not even the AAE could stop me from accessing it. It's mm-hmm. it's my policy. Um, I've heard anecdotally some stories where unions – you know they offer liability insurance as well, but they have a great deal more control over accessing over, yeah. that because it's not in the John Smith's name, name. Right. right? So, and there's been teachers who've learned that the hard way. Uh, so, I have all these benefits like a union would, and perhaps even more generous benefits. And also, they provide uh, professional development opportunities, workshops. You can apply for grants through them for your classroom projects that you're doing. They will also, you know, just like unions offer discounts like to a restaurant or Hertz yeah, Rent-A-Car sure, or something sure, like that. Sure. They the same sorts of discount same... programs. That's and wonderful. I have, I have emailed or called them on, I don't know, a handful of occasions over my career just to ask, some, ask them about something or run something by them that I wasn't sure about. And they respond within – if not within hours, certainly within one day. So um, if people want more uh, information about these uh, associations, where I mean, are they online? Yep. You can find AAE online. Christian Educators Association International uh, offers essentially identical benefits. Uh, they're around $230 a year. You can find them online as well. And then for those of – for teachers on Facebook – you know, I encourage teachers to find our group on Facebook, Constitution State Educators, because on there I often post information about these groups on there. We've hosted some Zoom sessions and webinars this past winter and spring that both the AAE and Christian educators have presented. They've taken part in it at our invitation. And there's great people at both organizations. I've gotten to know a few of them very well. Sure. They're excellent people. Let's talk a little bit more about Constitution State Educators. You've experienced some real growth in in the organization. Yes. And uh, and so where do you see it going, Mike? Like, what are your goals? Where are you hoping to lead this? Well, we just launched the Facebook page around New Year's. Okay, so that's where to go to find it, Constitution State Educators on Facebook. It's just a Facebook group right now. It's an informal group. Okay. Uh, you know, a core group of teachers helped me get this off the ground. And since then, we've our membership has increased close to 500 people on, on the Facebook group. And we've got teachers from districts across the state, from every corner and nook and cranny of Connecticut. We've hosted Zoom sessions, like I said, with Christian Educators Association and the AAE. And where we're taking it right now is just we're trying to make as many teachers as possible understand their rights under the Janus decision to not just leave the union but to leave and no longer financially support the unions if they're dissatisfied with them and to find alternative representation if they wish. Because we have such a good – I think such a good mix and cross-section of teachers from districts around the state, I feel like we're planting seeds in all the counties of Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And – you know, one teacher, for example, let's say in Willimantic, can tell another teacher in Willimantic who might tell another teacher they know in Hartford. And it's just – it's largely by word of mouth. Right. But bit and bit, it's it's certainly gaining in momentum. Yes. Which makes me very happy. And as that takes off, I think more and more teachers will – fewer teachers will feel fear and discomfort about the idea of leaving the union. 
I look at our group as maybe we're the ones to go first, but we're not going alone. Going first isn't the same as going alone. And if people, you know, if something happens to make you take that step to go first, you suddenly discover you weren't alone at all. You were never alone. There are lots of other people thinking the same thing you were thinking. And now all of a sudden they realize they're not alone. And so, Mike, I just want to put a preconception or, you know, something that just just so it's out there for every anyone who's interested, they can find out. Do you consider yourself anti-union? <laughs> Not one bit. Like I said, my parents are proud union members. My grandfather's very proud union members. I still have my uh, maternal grandfather's union tie clip that I, I wear from time to time. I think uh, I'm pro-teacher and pro-worker and I'm pro-students and pro-education. I'm proud to be a public educator. And I want to do what's in the best interest at the end of the day for my students, myself, and my colleagues in the classroom. And I see this, like I said before, right? Competition and, and information makes all of us stronger. I see this as pro-union because if, if, if teachers are aware of their rights under Janus and, and the unions are aware that their teachers are aware – Unions will work harder to represent all of their members fairly and not just some and not just on certain issues. Uh, I think this, you know, it, we might see unions getting back to the basics, right. back to making our workplace a, 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 a happy, comfortable, safe, efficient place to work. And maybe they will leave behind some of the more radical political notions that today they seem hell-bent on pursuing. And that is pro-union. That will make us all better off in the long run. You know, it's interesting because it really seems like what you're trying to do is improve the unions by letting them know, by putting them on notice mm -hmm. that what they're doing is jeopardizing not only their well-being, but the well-being of the people that they claim to want to help and represent. Correct. Absolutely. And uh, as I've said to many teachers I've spoken to about, about this decision, whether to leave or not, you can always go back. If right. your union tomorrow changes its approach and changes its tune, and you're happy with the representation they're offering, you can go back. I, I, in fact, it'd be wonderful if we could all go back. Right. If, if we felt our unions had our students and our students' best interests and our best interests in mind. As so, my mother used to say, nothing's written in stone. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, now the unions make it awfully hard to leave. Yeah. Uh, the CEA rules, for example, I'm pretty sure someday this will will fall because I'm sure it's unconstitutional, but they allow their members to leave only during the month of August. So here we are. What is today? July. I can't. We're in the month of July now. So people have to get their their resignation letters in as soon as possible. Right. They need to submit those in during the month of August. So that was for the what? Which union? For the CEA. For the, okay. So um, yeah, that's important to know. Very important. Yeah. The CEA, if you go on their website to join, you simply fill out your basic information and click, you know, just click on the button. And within 20 minutes, you'll receive a welcome email from the CEA. And you'll, you can do it from any device. It's paperless. And they'll prorate your dues based on the date you join. But if you want to leave, yes. they, you can only do so according to their rules by snail mailing a paper letter to their office, to their membership director You better send that thing certified. <laughs> Cert yes, Because definitely. otherwise, wow, wouldn't it be awful if they... Didn't get the letter, quote-unquote, until the 1st of September. Right. 
only during the month of August, so it's comical in a way. When the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, <laughs> and you turn around three times when the black cat crows Standing or whatever. Standing on your tippy toes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's when you can resign. And the AFT apparently leaves it to their locals. So some locals might let you do it anytime you want. Other locals might base it on the anniversary of when you signed your, your dues authorization agreement. Oh, for the or love membership of card. Pete. Neither of those – I mean, the Janus decision, I'm sure the next decision will be that these these resignation, opt-out, escape windows, whatever you want to call them, are unconstitutional as well. Because if Janus reaffirmed our First Amendment right, then why should that First Amendment right apply only during the right. month Certain of August? Sol- yeah, right. right. Exactly. It's, it's absurd. Well, I'll tell you, Mike, it is going to be fascinating to see where you lead Constitution State educators. And uh, I encourage everyone, uh, whether you yourself are an educator or whether you're just someone who cares about what really, truly is the essence of a real right to choose, um, I encourage you to check out Constitution State Educators on Facebook. Uh, it's right there. And uh, I think Mike Costanza is uh, one to watch because uh, this is a movement that is definitely going to be going somewhere. And Mike, thank you so much for having taken the time to join us today on YCT Matters. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. We look forward to hearing much more from you. And thanks to all of you for joining us for this edition of YCT Matters. This is Carol Platt-Lebow of uh, Yankee Institute. Thanks so much for having joined us. I'll show you around this place I call